Good morning and welcome. Happy Tuesday. You are tuned in and listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. As always, I thank you for tuning in. I am your host. My name is Sharona. We've got a big show today. I'm so happy to welcome back one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, Robin Monday, who um, supports and writes for the Buffalo Bills, is going to be joining me. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll get an update on what's going on with her Buffalo Bills. If you guys listen to this show or follow me at all, you know that I am an unabashed Tyrod Taylor fan, and we'll talk about him and his situation with the Bills, their offseason needs, and, and, and things of that nature. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about um, how that went down, how did Atlanta choke so bad, the overtime rules, do they need to be changed, uh, the um, statements from Martellus Bennett and Devin McCourty, who say that if they if they are asked, um, they will not go to the White House and attend any meeting with President Donald Trump. We'll talk about the halftime show. Shout out to Lady Gaga for killing it, absolutely killing it, um, during the halftime show. It was so great. We'll get Robin's opinion on that. And then we, as we have been doing, we will – oh, we're going to oh, – if we have time, we'll touch upon the latest. Baylor can't get right. Uh, can't stay right, can't get right. We'll talk about the latest on that if we have time. And then, of course, as we have been doing, we'll finish the show with the latest from the resistance. It's very important to celebrate your successes, uh, particularly when um, you know things are, are hard and difficult as they are um, politically in this country. So we'll talk about that. There was a great article that encapsulated some of those things and we'll get Robin's opinion on those things. So again, I'm very, very, very happy to, you know, to have her. We had been on a bit of a hiatus and um, just give you guys a little glimpse into what's going on with me. I'm writing about that. I'm I, Right now I have four, um, if I've counted correctly, I have four um, articles simultaneously going on that I'm working on trying to get um, trying to get finished. The the article about the hiatus is going to take a while. It's going to be long. Uh, it's going. It might be one of the most important things that I have ever written. So I'm very excited to to bring that to you guys and, and, and let you read it. But it's probably going to be a while. This show is a little bit. The reason why we we um, titled it Baby Come Back is because of that hiatus. And I had sort of intended to um, to talk about it a little bit more, but with Robin joining me, we're going to, you know, maybe cut that short and talk about some other things. But, you know, I think that um, to me, and I had this conversation recently with some people, to me, the best writers are also great storytellers. And since I, you know, I, I write a lot, writing has always been an integral integral part of my life. And because I do aspire to, to be a good writer, um, yeah, I think storytelling and telling stories is a great way to, um, you know, to, to get your point across and, you know, to try to inform people. So, I'm, yeah, I, I'm really excited to bring that to you and, and to share some of my thoughts and feelings about some things. But 
Today's show is dedicated to post-Super Bowl wrap-up and the other things that we talked about. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Robin Mundy is going to join me. So stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. Oh my God, go. He could go all the way. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and throw your hands up and throw your head back and come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. All right, welcome back. I'm joined now by Robin Mundy. Again, Robin is... A great Buffalo Bill. She's just a great follow anyway. She is a great person. I'm so fortunate to have her in my world. Robin, thanks again for joining me. Oh, well, thank you for asking me to join you. This is fun. It crazy is always. Super Bowl. <laughs> it was a crazy Super Bowl. And um, Robin, and I hope that Robin and I can um, touch base after this show is over because we've been – Talking about doing a special project, and she and I haven't had a chance to really um, focus on that because I was sick. Um, I went on, as I mentioned, I went on hiatus, and then when I had intended to go back, I was sick. I just got knocked down by a virus. And she and I haven't had a chance to really talk about that, but hopefully. Um, we can get going with this special project, but I'm happy to have her on this podcast today. And yes, it was, it was a, a crazy Super Bowl. What were, what are your thoughts on it? How did that, how did the Atlanta Falcons choke so bad? Oh, you know, well, how they did it is up for debate. You know, there's a, a million different things that you could look at. Um, but I guess, the first thought I had was we've been there before, we being Bills fans. And I would guess Lisa Johnson from the Miami Dolphins fan reporter, um, she could probably attest to this as well. <laughs> yeah. I think anybody in Buffalo, Miami, or maybe New York, too, would say to everybody in the nation, hey, we knew we knew at halftime the game wasn't over. Yeah. And yeah. the biggest mistake I think that Atlanta made was thinking that when they had a 20-plus point lead, mm-hmm. that they had the game in the bag. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. I was always nervous. Um, you know, you never count out – the the Patriots they're uh, they have su- sustained success for a reason and um, you know it is interesting and you know the as the old saying goes right it's a game of inches and you know you you have to make the best the most of your opportunities and you know the Falcons didn't do that the they did not for whatever reason. Um, they did not get the run game going. You know, they had they had what like a twenty one point lead and mm-hmm. lost. I, I, it was the most infamous <laughs> collapse in sports history. And um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, rightfully so, is taking a lot of heat for not running the football. Um, you know, there. If you go back and which I did, 
and look at the play by play and and try to and look at the you know the play happened in in the second half you know they you know another thing and I wouldn't say that this isn't being um talked about enough but it's important not to forget that you know the Falcons did not do themselves any favors by stupid committing stupid penalties oh and that one drive every third down mm-hmm. holding yep you know that that was deadly and it was a listen i was as ready to jump on the these penalties are bullshit bandwagon as anybody you know i mean i was ready to scream out cheaters rest are but no these were legitimate penalties <laughs> you know i mean they were legitimate penalties you could not really complain uh you no, know, well, I, I guess no you could I, I mean i guess you could and you could probably go back and you can do this in just about any um football game you know, probably other sport too but you can go back to any football game and see that the officials let some guys get away with things that they don't let other guys get away with things. And holding is one of the most inconsistently called penalties in the National Football League. Point blank, period. Oh, for- that is just the facts. Um, but that was, I mean, they, well, I think it was Jake Matthews, and I mean, he had him in the headlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty obvious. If you're going to hold, you know, at least try to be a little bit more subtle than that. I mean, you had the dude in the – I forget who it was. But you had the dude in a headlock, and, you know, and it was – yeah. You know, it was kind of a combination of things with the Falcons. And and I had not actually noticed this, but it was on my Twitter timeline. And because I saw it, I I was like, well, let me take a look at this. And – Block um, management, and shout out to Amy Trask, by the way, for, who is the first person who pointed this out. Um, the Falcons, the clock management by the Falcons was atrocious. And if you go back and look, they weren't even letting, and the Patriots are very good about this. They weren't even letting the clock run down, the uh, you know the the game clock run down to you know, the final seconds before they snapped. It was like, I don't know. It was like they didn't realize they were sitting on a lead and they needed to milk the clock. You know, it was the craziest thing I've ever exactly. seen. Exactly. I, I had, it was crazy. And in the second half, I was noticing like 10 and 11 seconds on the play clock. Left. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? You obviously don't know who you're playing. Because, like I said, if you talk to any fans in the AFC East, they will tell you this is what the Patriots do. Yeah. And, you know, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that after halftime, I'm like, wow, they're not, like, thinking about running the clock down here. And mm-hmm. why aren't they running the ball more? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be fascinating know? I think it would be, and maybe someone has done this, and I've just missed it. I, I try to be, you know, as as well read as I possibly can. But there's so much content out there that it's, you know, it's really hard to to read everything and, and be on top of everything. But it would be fascinating to me if someone went back and did an in depth look at 
the Falcons' play calling in the second half and you know how you know, how it all fell apart for them because you know it 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 was it was amazing. <laughs> it was mind boggling. I, I was pulling for it the was Falcons. Mind boggling to me. Yeah, I was pulling for the Falcons because for for a lot of different reasons and. You know, and I know, listen, I, I know that there are, because I, I know them personally, and, and they're great people, and they don't deserve to get lumped in with all these white supremacists who are, you know, hitching their wagon, and, you know, to the Patriots and calling Patriots team of white supremacy. And, and that's a very layered conversation, you know, that... Um, Donald Trump is is such great friends with um, uh, Robert. I couldn't think of his name for a minute. Robert Kraft, uh, Bill Belichick, and and Tom Brady. We're going to talk about Tom Brady here in a minute. Um, and oh, goody. Anyway, anyway, um, I, 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 there's there's a rant rising, and I need to tamp it down, and not not have it coming on. But you know, there's a reason for that, and you know, and if you don't want to get, t- you know, if you don't want to get labeled with a white supremacist tag, hey, maybe you don't associate with white supremacy. All right. Maybe Tom Brady, you don't wear a Make America Great Again hat and then act like a freaking coward about talking about it. That was mind-boggling. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, it's such a double standard, and I didn't, haven't read any of them, um, you know, but people saying, I don't know, it, you know, it's it's amazing how... He gets such a pass. It really is amazing to me how how he gets such a pass. Why do you think that is, Robin? Do you, first, when I'm first, let me back up. Do you agree with that? And if not, please feel free to disagree with me. And if you do agree, why do you think that is? You know, I don't. I try really hard to separate myself um, in terms of my sports. Versus politics, and it, this time it's—I re- have to admit—it's really hard to separate all of this out. Um, I don't necessarily—I don't necessarily agree that 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 there's that much of a tie in terms of white supremacy and and the Patriots. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I don't know what their relationship is. And whoever the Ku Klux Klan or white supremacists, whoever decides that they're going to hook their star to whatever team, entity, whatever, um, that entity I don't see as being necessarily uh, responsible for that. However, I agree with on that. The other hand, I absolutely agree with yeah, that. You know, I mean, there's there's no control over. You don't have any control. You can't over that. control you who ties. Yeah, you can't control who becomes a fan of your team. I I completely agree. But what I but what I would love to see, and I have not seen enough of this, are Patriots fans denouncing the white supremacy and saying we're not about that. You know. You mean as the organization or the fan base? Uh, both, really, for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
That's yeah. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't been reading because I mean, <laughs> here's my Arthur thing. Blank, I, I, people say people say that you know, stick to sports, separate politics, and and all of that. Um, Arthur Blank has said that he does not like the Muslim ban ban. Um, uh, well, I forget. I'm so bad at names. I'm sorry, guys. I'm blanking this morning. The Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, uh, came out and said, mm-hmm. you know, that he does. Now, listen, I believe in my heart that both of these guys voted for Donald Trump. I mean, it is the billionaires club after all. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's it's certainly an interesting discussion. Well, it is, and, and the intersection between sports and politics, you know, politics and everything, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much nowadays, um, is is something you you have to be very careful of. Uh, for me personally, yeah. uh, I'm very well, careful because of partly in you know, this is a funny thing, but they talk about alternative facts and fake news, and you yeah. know, this all becomes an issue. And frankly, you know, at this point, um, I try to source source what I what I read very carefully. Oh, um, me too. Lord, me too. Yeah, but it's it's and, wise to approach anything with a bit of skepticism and and to you know and 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 to inform yourself to look at you know different points of view. And I think for me, and this really. We're, we're jumping ahead a little bit because I wanted to talk about this in in our last segment. But but for me, the I call them Trumpeteers. The Trump supporters, first of all, they're brainwashed, and second, um, to me, they do not operate outside the Breitbart Fox Sports bubble. They don't read anything that might allow them to challenge some of their preconceived notions. If that, I don't know if I said that, you know, um, in, in any sort sort of intelligent way. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, I think that it's important to 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 read a variety of different sources. Oh, absolutely. But I guess I would, as devil's advocate, say that that's probably true of uh, a lot of people. I don't think that's yes. necessarily just Trump people, but uh, people on all sides of the political spectrum have a tendency to gravitate toward that which they agree with. And mm-hmm. I think the, this is something that, at least in college, I remember that that's what I loved about college, going to college and going to graduate school especially, was learning how to be a rigorous skeptic. Because yeah. you must be a rigorous skeptic. Because if you just swallow everything that, that you read, um, first of all, you go crazy. Uh, yeah. but, but, but having the ability to discern and be able mm-hmm. to read something and think about it. Um, yeah, absolutely. You need to stretch yourself and pull yourself out of your own way of thinking, but at, at the same yeah. time, um, be be rational, you know, in your approach. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that one of the biggest problems we have nowadays is that people are not discerning enough about the information that they take in and source it. 
and you know mm-hmm. try to evaluate rationally does this was does this make sense does it not make sense um yeah. you know that 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 part of the discussion seems to be lacking and and, and that's why i i tend to get frustrated because i'm pretty particular yeah. about reading I want to I want to read all sides of an equation before I'm going to formulate an opinion about anything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't have enough of that kind of discussion, I don't think, because we let our emotions get in the way. You know, it's so easy to let you know let that happen. You know, when you feel passionately about something. So yeah, um, yeah I think as a country. We all need to step back, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and and try to be more respectful of one another. Um, yeah. Boy, you know, I don't know what your Twitter timeline looks like, but you know, mine is a disaster. Um, Mine's a disaster. I, you know, it, it's interesting. By the way, I'm talking with Robin Monday. Robin is Robin, and I've been friends for a good while. And again, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have her. Um, you know, in, in my world, and she's a great Buffalo Bills fan. But Robin, I didn't give give you a chance to, um, for new listeners out there, I didn't give you a chance to tell people a little bit about your background. And you've got a fascinating background. <laughs> well, in a past life, I was an oncology nurse. Um, I started working in Buffalo, New York, in 1976. Um, so I'm 41 years out from that, which just blows my mind to think the time's <laughs> gone by so fast. Um, and then about halfway through my career doing that, I become a psychotherapist because I didn't think that people spent enough time dealing with the psychosocial issues that people have with the diagnosis of cancer. And so I did that. I did a private practice for about 10 years and then retired and now I kind of resurrected myself and as a sports writer, and <laughs> I am writing articles now about the Buffalo Bills, and I write for Bills Wire at usatoday.com. If anybody's interested, we have a wonderful website, and I'm going to take the opportunity, if you don't mind, to say a big shout-out to my cohorts in crime at the Bills Wire, that's on Twitter. So if you follow us at the Bills Wire, you will find our boss. Man, he hates it when I say this, but our <laughs> boss is Rob Quinn, and Rob is fascinating. I'm telling you, Rob is like a walking encyclopedia of knowledge. He's great. Um, when it comes to, oh my gosh, when it comes to draft, yeah, yeah. he played tight end. In college, and so okay. he understands. Yeah, he understands the game from a really interesting perspective. So he's at Rob R O B Quinn Q U I N N six one nine. He's on Twitter at Rob Quinn six one nine, and then Stephen Cully, who is our oh. resident British contributor. Stephen can be found at Stephen S T E P A T N. Cully, C-U-L-L-E-Y, at Stephen Cully, and he is hilarious. You guys, if you're Those not following Brit. he's really, yes, he's a Brit, um, but loves football, and is unbelievably, <clears throat> you'll love this, he knows every obscure kicker or punter in college football. Oh, and wow. He can be, oh, yeah. He's, he can I, I, I know some guys. Him. 
I know some guys who would appreciate that. Shout out to Chuck at ITP. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, have him, have him follow Stephen Culley because he's he's the man. And then our young our youngster that joined us recently is Clint Brooks ninety seven. That's C L I N T B R O O K S ninety seven, and he's all of nineteen years old and writes beautifully. So we're uh-huh. you know, we're looking forward to his his contributions. And then recently, um, Rich Fan from Buffalo Winds, and his okay. Twitter handle is r dot and it's r d o t. R dot deuce. It's R D O T D E U C E. And you've got to follow him. The man is a genius when it comes to knowing everything there is to know about every scheme in football. He's also a yeah. coach himself. So it's quite a clue I'm writing with. And I, I feel like, okay, so then there's the old lady, me, you know, pushing 62. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of the odd one in the group. Let's just leave it at that, right? <laughs> But we do have a lot of fun. So oh, Bill's fan base, our- Bill's mafia, Bill's mafia is awesome, mm-hmm. and and I and I love the Bills. I follow the Bills very closely, and um, we we definitely need to to talk about them and talk about Tyrod. Let's so real quick. Let's finish up our Super Bowl. Yep. So I, I want to talk about Lady Gaga, but first of all, I want to ask: Do you think the overtime rules need to be changed or not? Yeah, I do. Um, I, 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 I think that, yeah, I think that if there's a score that the other team needs to have the opportunity, it doesn't matter whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, yeah. you know, go to the college format. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And someone made a great point to me this morning that they didn't even like the, it should be a kickoff. They should kick it off. And I agree with that too. Um, I don't like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I just do not like the way, the NFL does. It doesn't have anything to do with this game. I completely agree. Listen, the Falcons blew it. <laughs> you know? oh the Falcons my blew it. They um and, 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 and listen, not to take you know, the, the Patriots do what the Patriots do, right? And you know, uh, the Falcons needed to stop them. They did not stop them. You know, a lot was made about the the Falcons defense, you know, how tired they got. You know, that that happens when your offense can't stay on the field. So, um before we turn to in Lady Go, we're gonna take super, a quick I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that in a way that sort of reminded me of I had some flashbacks to the ninety one Bills Super Bowl. Exactly. When Jim Kelly, you know, and company have this great, you know, deep or offense that just goes woof, you know, right down the field, the K gun. And that's great, except that if you can't keep your offense on the field, the defense is going to poop out. Mm-hmm. No matter how young and, and, you know, in great shape they are, they're going to poop out. Mm-hmm. And obviously we saw that in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you start getting yeah. holding calls when you get tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martellus Bennett, Devin McCourty um, came out and said that they weren't going to go – to the White House, as we mentioned. Do you think that any other guys are going to come out and do that or not? And how do you feel about it? I don't know what they're going to do. You know, the whole White House thing to begin with, I think, is it was nice when it, you know, it started. I don't even know how this started as a tradition, you know, for mm-hmm. for how far back that even goes. Um, but when it becomes when when it becomes political, 
you know, it should it shouldn't be about politics, but it is. And so, you know, the I mean, the intent of it was, oh, gee, we're going to bring you into the White House and we're going to honor you, and you know, this is what we do for Super Bowl winners. Okay, that's great. And then it evolves into being something else. You know, and Tom Brady's absence, you know, duly noted. Um, these, you know, these, it becomes a political statement. And mm-hmm. then it it kind of loses its original purpose. And how do I feel about whether they go or they don't go? Mm-hmm. I respect their right to do whatever they want to do. You know, if they feel like that, they need to do that to make a political statement, that's their opinion. And I respect their, you know, ability to be able to do that. Um, If they don't want to go, they, you know, morally, if they don't feel like they want to go, they shouldn't go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Lady Gaga's halftime, Lady Gaga's halftime performance. I can't talk this morning. And then we'll do a Bill's Roundup, so stay tuned in. You are listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. Of course, my name is Sharona, and I'm talking with Robin Mundy of the Bills Wire. Robin is just such a great person. I'm so happy to have her on this morning. I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. I thought her halftime performance was sensational. What did you think of her? Oh, unbelievable. She's, I'm a fan. I, I should probably start out by saying that I, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of biased. Um, but I really like the, the woman is an incredible singer. She's an incredible performer. She mm-hmm. put everything you could tell. She put everything she had into that performance. It was amazing. And frankly, and I think, Oh, I think it was one of the I best don't know how ever. She did it. I don't know how she the did it. I don't Oh my God! The amount of energy she, you know, in just that—I think it was 13 minutes—but she put herself through the, you know, quite a workout in that 13 minutes. On top of belting out, you know, some of her great hits, and I—I I thought it was delightful. It was—it was—it was great. I, I loved. Yeah, I, I loved everything about it. The costumes, everything. It, it was fantastic, and she's a great advocate for. Um, for women and and for sexual assault, sexual abuse, and has you know been very brave to come out and and talk about you know her journey and the things that have happened to her and you know it was um, I'm a fan too I think it was fantastic and and um, shout out to I, her yeah. for yeah you know, for that amazing performance okay so let's turn to the bills and. Tyrod and and what's going on with them? Infamous, uh, they um, moved on uh, from from Rex Ryan, and you sort of saw that coming. That wasn't really a big surprise to anyone. How did that relationship get so bad so quickly? With Rex in in the front office. Yeah, with Rex and yeah, I mean, and and the fans, quite frankly, were pretty tired of tired of him too. I think. His shtick got old real fast, and I think 
what happened is that, like, Jets fans came to know, um, Rex Ryan is a lot of pomp and circumstance and not a lot of substance <laughs> when it comes behind that. And, and, and the other thing is, and you know this about Bill's fans, Okay, and shout out to Bills fans who were, you know, the Western New York market was the second biggest market for people watching the Super Bowl behind Pittsburgh. So we know where, you know, where the football fans really are. Um, They, you know, truly, um, I thought. I love Bills Mafia. I, 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 I love them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's an awesome awesome group. And shout out to Bills Mafia. Um, I I think that that Del Reed, um, who runs TwentySixShirts.com, I believe they're way they're over three hundred thousand dollars that they've that they've given away to um, families in need. So they do amazing work. Yep, he really, you know, the whole group really does. So yeah. um, Yeah, they're fantastic. But Rex, you know, Rex got Rex got old in a hurry, um, and and I think most people could see this now. He's not he is a disaster at game management. Mm -hmm. He's an absolute disaster on game day, Um, and it didn't just he reminds me a lot of Butch Jones. You know, I mean, he, he, he reminds me a lot of Butch Jones, who coaches the Tennessee Volunteers, and that he's great for a soundbite, for a quote, for, mm-hmm. you know, to, um, to, to pull you in with his charisma and personality, but not so great at the X's and O's and the coaching stuff, which is 90% of the job. Oh man, and and fan, you know, Bills fans, you know, they sniffed that out early on, and some Bills fans were ready to part ways with him, you know, after last season, after the first season, <laughs> and the really, you know, in the second season, uh, it really got. It's old. not funny, not but it is funny. Oh, it is, but you know, then he brought in Rob, which was like double trouble, and here. Here's here's the here's the real bottom line, you know, issue with Rex is he he is he's all blow. I thought that when yeah. he was the Jets coach, I sat back and bit my tongue and jumped in and believed <laughs> because that's what I do as a Bills fan. And then I well, saw everything to. the Jets fans were talking about, and it's all there. <laughs> and he can you know he yeah. can talk till the moon turns to cheese that he would be in the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> But I'm not buying it, and I don't. Yeah, he he probably would have ended up much worse off than Dan Quinn if he had been. But bottom line is, you know, Rex was all blow, and I don't. I'll be very honest. I was. I didn't like. I thought he showed a lack of class when he left. Yeah. In terms of bad mouthing well, um, yeah. the organization, saying I don't wish you know the Bills good luck, you know all that kind of stuff. Um. You know, he got $15 million to walk away. So, you know, he could have shown a the, little more class. Bill seemed to like doing that stuff, you know, Doug Marone and, um, and, and his deal, which kind of leads me to my next question. And you know I love him, um, but it's a bit, yeah. uh, what's the latest on the Bill's GM and his status with the team? And at some point he's going to have to be on the hot seat, don't you think? Oh yeah, 
I think he probably already is on the hot seat. And if you, if anybody wants to listen to a press conference that would explain why, listen to Doug Whaley's January 2nd press conference. Um, you could tell the animosity between the media and the general manager was pretty intense. So, yeah, I think he is on the hot seat. However, um, it's, the, the choice of Sean McDermott was very interesting because he mm-hmm. definitely is kind of the pendulum on the other side, you know, swinging. Um, he's the anti-Rex, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, now, whether or not that's going to convert itself into wins, I don't know. Uh, we shall see. But I think it was a very good move. I think they got a very good coach um, who – apparently needs to do something with the locker room culture. Because here's, here's the thing that disturbed me the most postseason was listening to players like LaShawn McCoy and Lorenzo Alexander and others talk about players missing meetings, sleeping through meetings, showing up late. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Sammy Watkins was it. one of the first ones to come out and talk about that. And I remember that. Yeah. I think that was in Rex's first season if I'm yep. not mistaken, and, and and he was, you know, and for him, of course, he's a young guy, first of all, and secondly, you know, he's not been on the field as much as you would like. But, yeah, I think, yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yes. No, it's just, yeah, he did start that last year and, and brought it into this season. And um, the, when the players say stuff like that, that, is what makes it hard for me to continue. You know, you and I were talking about my tweet that I made um, shortly. I think it was after the Super Bowl was over. I said, I'm about ready to walk away. You know, I'm just like totally ready to walk away from this. Well, first of all, that's like the, you know, little kid crying wolf, because I always say that when the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I just you know it just it sucks. I can so relate to that. That's why I wanted to talk talk to you about it and ask you about it. Is because I can so relate to that because, um, and you know we don't time will not permit us to get into this topic, but you know the NFL lost customers this past season. Oh yeah. The ratings were down. Um, attendance has been spotty in a lot of different places. You've got teams, you know, ripping their fans' hearts out by, you know, packing up and, and moving to other places. And, you know, I'm hardly one to talk to the Titans, you know, <clears throat> were the Houston Oilers and, you know, they mm-hmm. they moved from they they moved from Houston and you know, that was um a big deal at, you know at the time and Houston still has bad feelings about that but um, well, yeah yeah well it's hard it's a tough thing you know when the char- when the chargers were moving there was a lot of um traumatic feelings that that yeah. many bills fans were experiencing because that yeah. could have just as easily been the bills it yes. would have been the bills if it wasn't for the pagulas so you know, that's a subject yes. near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Just ask yes. fans in Cleveland how they feel about the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Well, I think ultimately no one is safe. Mm-hmm. You know, Not when it comes I to mean, King Dollar. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, and that's it. And I think that there are a lot of reasons why, you know, the numbers were down for the NFL. And um, it will – it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, you know, with that. But, yeah, I mean, greed has been on display with the National Football League really for the past couple of years. And you know, the the moves are just symptomatic of that, um, and there are a lot of other things too. And the product has been bad. It, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Officiating is mm-hmm. is particularly bad. The NFL has got to do that something about that. Roger Goodell is not liked um, as a general rule by I would say the majority of of mm-hmm. NFL fans and you know um we could have talked about that when we were talking about the Patriots you know at the draft huh? every year I just crack up at the draft every year when Roger Goodell walks out and gets booed every single year it's, yeah. it's hilarious it's it's hilarious. what year it is well, you get booed well Paul Tagliabue didn't make the 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 Hall of I mean it it's even when you're liked, it's, you know, sort of a thankless job. But listen, he's getting paid some very, very, very good money to get booed. And um, so that hasn't seemed to have, you know, the owners are happy as long as they're making money. And and, and, and they are making money as long as they're making money. They don't care. Um we're not going to have time probably to – well, I don't know. Maybe we will just real briefly. We haven't um, really talked about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, why T.O. didn't get in. Sort of ties into, you know, a little bit to this discussion. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what do you think they're going to do with Tyrod Taylor? What's what's your sense? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I have a very strong opinion about what I think they should do. What do you think they should do? Keep him. Yes, of course. They let him go. Insane. There are a lot of Bills fans that that are lukewarm about Tyrod, and to them I would say, give me the name of someone that you think could do a better job this next season. Um, There is no other person. And I think that, I, I absolutely support Tyrod, and I think we would be foolish to let him go. Absolutely mm-hmm. foolish to let him go. I and, agree. But um, I see it happening. Yeah, I could see it happening, but it doesn't make any sense to me because if you look at the contract that he has, uh, if the Bills decide to, you know, opt in and extend that, you know, the numbers are really not that horrible in terms of what they would do to the salary cap when you're getting quarterbacks getting $20 million a year. Exactly. You know, exactly. His contract is middle of the road in terms it's of, not I think that I bad. Forgot where it was. no, it's not. And he, if nothing, if he isn't your franchise guy for the next 10 years, he's at least the bridge to the next franchise guy. Yeah. And frankly, I think he could be the franchise guy. I do too. If he had the right support players around him, I think it was impossible to evaluate him last year when you had a one-legged Sammy Watkins who was only there <laughs> for half the season. 
Thank and you. The re- and the rest of the wide receivers were undrafted free agents and, you know, Robert Woods when he could play. So I, d- I don't think he had a fair evaluation at all. And I think it would be a I horrible mistake agree. to let him go. I, I completely agree. And, you know, it's it, it, the, the discussion, the, the conversation around Tyrod Taylor drives me nuts. And you and I have talked about that before. And um, unfortunately, I, I do want to ask you about the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the TO vote, and all of that. But they would be insane, in my opinion, to, anyway, they could certainly do a lot worse and pay a lot more and probably will if if they don't. And another team is going to be extremely happy to have Tyrod Taylor because there aren't very many good quarterbacks in the league, despite what people might think. Absolutely. You know, despite what people might think. Tyrod has flaws in his game. We know that, okay? He's not Tom Brady, but neither are a lot of other quarterbacks. And the bottom line is we have to give him a chance. Well, and, and we Rich Ryan be- isn't Bill Belichick, and, you know, mm-hmm. the the Bills overall are, I mean, it's, and I'm not trying to take away from Tom Brady, but let's face it, the, you know, the Patriots are a stable franchise with, um, with a system that's tried and proven, and, you know, it's, it's easy to – it's easier, I shouldn't say it's easy, but it's a lot easier to be successful under those circumstances than it is to be successful in a situation where, like you said, there's not much around you. There's a lot of turmoil, and um, and things aren't stable. Exactly. And how do you change that? The bottom line is – and I've been thinking a lot about this – and comparing it to, in fact, I wrote an article for Bill's Wire about the 1987 Buffalo Bills. And there Mm -hmm. were a lot of parallels to the type of team that we have right now in terms of there's pieces in place. You know, Mm -hmm. you could see a bright future for this team if, you know, if the right stuff happens. And it's always if, 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 but the bottom line is at some point the players, are the ones that have to decide. They're sick and tired of losing. Mm-hmm. It has to come from within. And LaShawn McCoy talked about it. Sammy Watkins talked about it. Shaq Lawson said, I don't want to play for losers. I've never played for a loser before. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's starting to see that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. But the bottom mm-hmm. line is it is on the players to, in mm-hmm. the locker room to say to one another, you know what, we're sick of losing. Yeah. And that's what happened in 1987. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the bickering bills. People can remember those days. <laughs> and they were the bickering bills. That it. was their name. <laughs> you know, all the egos in the world. And, they, you know, they would, they would win a game and then they would lose a stupid game. And finally, I, I believe it was Thurman Thomas said this one time when he was interviewed, that what really turned things around for them were the guys in the locker room that finally said, you know what? <laughs> We don't have to be losers. You know, we don't have to take this. We yeah. can put this, you know, we can do better than this. And that's what I think is going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem I yeah. see, to be very honest with you, is that 1987 was before free agency. Yeah. And 
there have been changes in this game because of free agency. How many teams completely have, agree? You know, how many teams like the Patriot are like the Patriots and have that winning legacy that everybody wants to play for? Hansel Not very teams? many. And Martellus Bennett said it probably better than anybody. You know, he said people don't go to the Patriots to make money; they go to win championships. And um, yeah, you know, and I agree with everything that you just said. And it is, you know, to quote a line from probably poorly quote a line from one of my favorite movies: um, "Attitude reflects leadership, Captain." And, you know, and it it really does kind of boil down to that real quick. um, Saturday night, excuse me, Saturday night, the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, went through its voting process. It was a long process. Saturday was the process. And then Saturday night, a lot of awards were announced and and the latest um, nominees, the latest candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame were announced. And Terrell, Terrell Owens. Once again, second year of eligibility did not get voted in, and it's been a very contentious process regarding his nomination. What do you make of all of that? I I think it's incomprehensible that he wasn't put a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. I think it's incomprehensible. The numbers (laughs) just speak for themselves. And I have to wonder, what did he do? You know, really, what did he do to somebody's, you know, some reporter's wife or whatever? Because what is wrong with these selection committee people that they that they are not seeing the obvious? This is it's it's insulting. It's sad. It makes I would understand. I mean, I would, and the thing is, and. Um, apparently, which is very interesting to me, apparently the Pro Football Hall of Fame itself came out and said there was a very good art. One of the, I think, one of the um, best things to come out of this is that you're starting to see writers, um, and, and it's infamously it's a very closed process, and you don't know, and they're not allowed to share. The people who are in the room aren't allowed to share. Um, I would like to see more transparency, but you are starting to see guys who are who participate in that process come out and talk about it, <clears throat> which um, kudos to them, uh, much respect to them for that. And it's interesting that the Pro Football Hall of Fame itself said, listen, you can't consider off the field stuff, but we do consider what happens on the sidelines, what happens in the locker room, and some of the more um, – I don't want to say intangible. That's not really the word that I'm looking for, but um, peripheral maybe is the better term, the better word that I'm looking for, the peripheral aspect of it. But to me that you're asking for it to bleed into, you know, and and Peter King used the, the example, and to, rightfully so, took a lot of heat over this, about Darren Sharper. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, and and the fact that he would very proudly, if he came up, you know, consider Darren Sharper's candidacy. Well, Darren Sharper is in prison. He is a serial rapist in prison. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that Darren Sharper reflects the values of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Terrell Owens doesn't. 
okay? I do not want to hear that. Or what Ter- about the fact that we still have L.J. Simpson's bus? Well, yeah, camp. and we can talk about that, too, yes. Absolutely. Terrell you know, um, um, Owens was an asshole, okay? He was a diva. He, if you look up diva wide receiver in the dictionary, there's a big old picture of Terrell Owens. <laughs> you know, Randy Moss He's is going to be up next. Yeah, Randy Moss is going to be up next year. And it's interesting because they, you know, the, the thinking process is, well, um, sure, Terrell Owens put up glorious numbers that no no one's ever going to match, Okay. It's just, I don't think it's ever going to happen. No one is ever going, you know, the man, first of all, yes, I understand that a lot of teams got tired of his shit and traded him and got rid of him and all of that, right? But you know what, when he was on, but you know what, when he was on that, that, their roster, they sure did make use of him and he sure did help them. And, you know, he didn't put up those numbers. I mean, those numbers didn't happen in a vacuum. They happened. Because when he was on the field, he was one of the best on the field. Well, I can also assure you that there are a lot of Bills fans who would say that he was, you know, their experience, our experience as Bills fans with Terrell Owens, he was not a diva. By the time he got to the Bills, he was all in, and he did a great job in Buffalo in terms of Mm -hmm. um, melding with the fan base and the community. Uh, He embraced it. So, you know, even yeah. throughout his career, there were, you know, there were times when, you know, he wasn't a bad boy. Yeah. But we forget about that because it's much easier to remember all the flamboyant diva acts. But yeah. look at Odell Beckham Jr., please. Well, yeah. You know, Josh Norman. <laughs> yep. You're, you're going to have those guys in, in any generation and, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, and I, I, again, shout out to them, kudos to them. You know, it sort of reminds me. I, I kind of hate we're not going to get to the um, the resistance stuff. We will tweet out the article, and um, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. But it reminds me of my sort of of Mike Vick, and I was having a conversation. Um, very proud to be associated with Inside the Pylon, and I'm going to be tweeting out some of my latest articles about that. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, by the way, his his um, post game press conference was very it was fascinating. We'll talk about that on the next show. But I was having this conversation with them in, in our Slack, and Mike Vick is interesting because I know you know everyone people are they get up all in their feelings about. And rightfully so about the animal cruelty, about the dog thing and, and all of that. But, you know, for me, and I think Mike Vick did about as well as he could to try to rehabilitate himself from that. Okay. He served his time. I think that he is um, remorseful, legitimately remorseful about that. The thing that sticks out to me and the thing that I'm always going to remember Mike Vick for is something that never gets talked about, that no one gets talked about because sports is a male-dominated profession and, you know, things that are germane and and important to women don't always, you know, make the forefront. But what sticks out to me about Mike Vick is that there's a very good possibility that Mike Vick gave 
a number of women a disease from which there is no cure and for which they will be required to you know take medication and suffer from the rest of their lives and um nobody ever talks about that you know mm-hmm. and I'm obviously I'm talking about the Ron Mexico thing and, and all of that but you know it's it's we talk about about that on this show and that's how we talk about things and how we talk about things what's what we prioritize what's important to us is you know I think it it comes out in those conversations and that's what's going to stick out for me you know when anytime Mm -hmm. someone brings up my I'm the biggest dog lover in the world okay (laughs) you know but the first thing that comes to my mind when someone mentions that is not the dogs, it's the women, you know? Right, right. Well, everybody's affected, you know, differently um, by yeah. different things. But but that, but your point is well made in terms of why is it that in certain situations we consider some behavioral issues one way and yet turn around and when it's somebody else, we don't talk about it. Um yeah. You know, there's 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 a lot of hypocrisy that that I see yeah. uh, that bothers me, and, and of course for me, I always want to know why. You know, it's like, okay, well, why why is it this way in this situation and not that way in that situation? Um, mm-hmm. And the lack of consistency uh, that that's what that's what bothers me. You know, it's like, okay, well why is this such an issue for this person, but yet another person can mm-hmm. commit an even worse heinous crime and it doesn't get talked yeah. about. Um, yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And by the way, if Mike Vick gets into Canton and Steve McNair does not, you will never hear the end of it from me. Okay? <laughs> Fair warning. Yeah. I will be obnoxious yeah. about it. <laughs> Robin, Oh, it's been so great to have you on this morning. Tell everybody once again where they can find you, find your work, and give a, another shout-out to all the excellent people at Bill's Wire. Oh, thanks very much. You can you can catch our articles at billswire at usatoday.com. And follow us on Twitter at the Bill's Wire. Bossman A. Rob Quinn at Rob Quinn 619 at Stephen Cully, and it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C, capital C-U-L-L-E-Y, at Clint Brooks 97, C-L-I-N-T-B-R-O-O-K-S, and R.Deuce, Rich Fan, R.Deuce, and it's R.D-E-U-C-E. And you can follow me at D-Y-O, and the Y-O is at the end because I live in Wyoming, um, R-O-B-Y-N-M-U-N-D-Y-W-Y-O. That's my handle on Twitter. And I'm also the editor-in-chief for Bill's Mafia. And you can, All right, we've got can about 15 some- seconds left, Robin. I'm sorry to cut you off. Thanks. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. Have a great week. We'll be back on Friday. And um, thanks for joining me, Robin. My pleasure. 